It's a bird. It's a plane. It's this is Jason J. Lewis, the voice of Superman on Justice League Action. This is Mark Wade, writer of Superman Birthright, and you're listening to The Krypton Report. Welcome to The Krypton Report, the all-things Kryptonian podcast, where we talk about anything relating to Superman, Supergirl, Krypton, DC Comics, and TV, movies, video games, comics. I am your host, Tyler, the Superman of Blue, the Man of Tomorrow. Welcome to the Krypton Report. On today's episode is the long-awaited, amazing episode that everybody has been looking forward to. Uh, it's been a long time coming because of life, travel, <laughs> distance. But today, James and I are joined by those amazing guys from The Last Sons, Connor and Ray. And we're going to talk All-Star Superman, the movie. So welcome, everybody. Hey, Hey, how you going, Tyler? How you going, James? Always, always fun to be here. Looking forward to this chat. It should be yes, uh, be good. Yeah, it's been a while since I've watched this uh, uh, on my own. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I watched it back when we were going to record, and then I took detailed notes. And then you know, we just life. We've been trying to get together. I mean, you guys are in Australia. For any listeners who don't know and aren't picking up on the accents, just think. Maybe they're just Americans trying to be funny. No, we're, we're not that funny. <laughs> yeah. I could try an American accent. Oh, uh, let's not. <laughs> it's so weird when people say like American accent and I'm like, oh yeah. But then you hear it and you're like, oh yeah. But then like, there's just, it's just funny to me always because, you know, other countries have like regional accents, but I feel like mm-hmm. America is just kind of full of like the idea of the regional accent. Mm. Um, <laughs> you have like the the southerner or like the northern like New York, Boston, uh, the deep south, and I'd so say my favorite. My favorite would either be Boston or I think the people from the Bronx. Oh, I always have a little <laughs> laugh at that. They're fun. <laughs> so it's like oh, there's there's a variation in the quote unquote American accent. But yeah, All Star Superman the movie. It's it's interesting because like you guys were reviewed the book last year, mm-hmm. was it? I can't keep track of time to be honest. Yeah, we we did it last year because COVID was hitting here, like, and we were both in lockdown. So we thought let's do All Star over the course of a couple of months, and I think we ended up totaling about fourteen hours of talking about that yeah. book. <laughs> so. <laughs> Um, and you guys, you guys did it as well, didn't you? The book yep, I, I haven't listened it. yet because um, I had spent so much time talking about the book <laughs> and reading about the book that I'm not quite ready to jump into another analysis yet. But I will listen to it one day. Um, oh, that's fine. Yeah, we did it this year, and the idea is, you know, we, we broke it up some, and we're talking about it, and then we're yeah. going to build up to doing this crossover. Yeah, since you guys did the book, and we were doing the book. Um, yeah, it's it's such a interesting because like we won't go into any deep dives if anybody wants to our opinions mm. on that we they can dive into our episodes, but I'm I like it, but I'm not in love with it. It's like this great Superman story that so many people seem to mm. worship at the altar of Superman. Like it's the end all greatest Superman story there is. Yeah, and that's a uh, yeah. That's interesting um, because I, when I reread it, I like I literally think it's the 
the greatest comic ever written. I think it's, you know, the best the genre has to offer. And it's my second favorite book of all time. But before this, and even now, I think, I don't think it should be regarded as the Superman Bible, as it were. I think, because mm-hmm. this is this is really a point in Superman history where he's older, he's wiser, and he, sh- you know, people expect everything to be like all-star Superman. And it's just, mm-hmm. you know, it, it, I, I don't know. I think it's, it's kind of like the Dark Knight Returns in a way. It's like a lot of writers try to emulate the feeling and stuff and mm-hmm. they don't pull it off. And it's kind of obnoxious as well. I don't mm. know if that's what you were thinking too. No, or- no, I totally, it's, it just, it almost becomes one of those where so many people love it and hate other things because they're not mm. this. Yes. You start, you start to not like the source because yeah, yeah. you're tired of hearing about um, this or that should be, yeah, you know. It, um, I think I think you I think you're absolutely right there, Tyler. I think because um, I kind of agree with with both of you in the in the fact that uh, it is it is a remarkable piece of you know comic book writing and, and storytelling, uh, but I think it's unfair to um, for people to hold to hold it up and expect that sort of stuff from other stories, exactly kind of what you're saying. You, you know, it's 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 a, it's its own thing, really. Uh it's a very particular story in itself. So Absolutely. For when you try to emulate it, I think that's obviously where you fall flat. But to try and you know, to try and live up to it and maybe replicate that, I don't think it's a way to go. But having said that, it's it's a fantastic story. I mean, yeah, take nothing away from it. But, but I can understand what you say. That you you start to kind of get a little bitter towards it because yeah. you know people people are holding it up so high in such high regard and they just refuse to really accept anything else uh, and i think that's a bit unfair um that's i mean that's exactly what happened to me i was mm. i became jaded towards all-star superman until we reread mm. it and then i fell in love with it again you know mm. yeah. because it's that good but like i was jaded to it towards it for a few years because people would always bring it up as to like this comic yeah. sucks this movie sucks because this is how you should do the character and they post a picture mm. of all star superman and i wanted to tear my hair out it's the same well, effect with superman the movie except i don't think <laughs> superman the movie is as good so i'm still kind of jaded towards that but you yeah. know what's funny about superman the movie and i agree with what you're saying is i really like it Mm. up mm. up until about the third act and yeah. after i think i think right around the part where he puts the kryptonite around superman and uh-huh. superman's got to escape i'm just kind of like after this part i'm not really as into it as i should be and it's yeah. supposed to be the big climactic um you know latter third act part and i'm just not into it as much um I mean, I like how the the final confrontation is him sort of preventing a natural disaster as an idea, but um, I agree. I mean, it's even earlier in the movie for me uh, where I kind of lose it, you know? Mm-hmm. I mean, I guess I sh- we should tell people uh, we did Superman the movie together, yeah, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. episode 10 of Last Sons of Krypton, and then we popped over here to do part two of it. So you guys should go check that out. Uh, and I will be talking about it again soon. Oh, I'm, um, at least it's been a while. <laughs> well, it actually has it because I rewatched it when Richard Donner died mm. oh, and okay. I didn't enjoy it. 
I watched I, Superman. I watched Superman two when he died. Yeah, that was probably a better cut. Yeah, talked in my head about it, but because I, I didn't enjoy it, and now I'm on this podcast that a friend of mine is doing a film podcast, and he's like, I kind of want to do horror or something, but he's like, No, you do Superman. Let's do Superman. So we're doing <laughs> Superman one, two, Returns, and Man of Steel. Mm. I'm like, okay, sure. And then I realized I have to watch Superman one again, <laughs> and I've been putting it off. Uh, the others. I'm fine, but I've just, yeah. Sorry, I, I said no tangents, and there we go. I think it's a relevant <laughs> tangent because, yeah, so many times with this character, especially, it gets pinholed by fans. Like this is this is the version that mm. can only be this version. Mm. Not my and, Superman is yeah. a phrase I've seen a lot. And that's <laughs> and a, live action. You know, biggest geekers out there are the absolutely, uh, yeah. Um, and, to me, it's old of, you know, the not my Superman or whatever. And also, I mean, we've talked about this before because a good friend of the shows who's been on a couple of times, he's been reading comics chronologically. And he's, you know, he's talked about how at the time Superman, the movie was made, it did not even reflect the comics did not reflect the, the on-screen Superman. Absolutely. I mean, that you know, movie was kind of like a high budget version of the George Reeves show, if anything. The, the the Clark Kent is a complete creation of the movie team compared to what was being done in the comics. Mm. And you think about how that has stayed with the character since then. Yeah. Because movies are the mass media version of everything that the the masses will consume. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's It's... People have really selective memories of Superman and Superman's had so many different eras and incarnations you know look at golden age and silver age night and day they're completely different um, and i think that's what that's this story right is just it almost it's like a it calls back to some silver age stuff and if you're not as tapped in with that vibe mm. i don't think the story vibes as well for you mm. yeah it, it's interesting it, it's a conversation that's come up a lot is you know this story with new readers because for some people, it really seems to connect, even though they don't know anything about Silver Age Superman. But for some people, it doesn't connect. But then, when they try it after having experienced that those sort of Silver Age stories, it connects with them more. So it's a really weird book, I think. Um, I mean, I personally, one thing about me is I'm not a huge Bizarro fan. And I'm yeah. not a huge Bizarro World fan at all. I like the idea of Bizarro just being a failed clone experiment, kind of one-off. But when you do stories with lots of Bizarros, multiple Bizarros, um, I don't want to. I don't want to read it when we get this chapter. I, yeah. I just don't want to read it. I'm just no. I no. I, I, I can't. It's um, funny because we were, we his were brain so... just rejects it. <laughs> we Ray and I were like absolutely glowing about those uh, bizarro chapters. Yeah, um, I, I guess I really liked what those chapters represented, though. Um, no, see, I can get behind the idea of what they represented, like yeah. I, I But it's just and the, and this is see for all the people listening. This is how you talk about stuff and debate and communicate, even when you don't agree. Like you just have mm. fun and talk. Yeah, like exactly. that. That's. We don't all have to agree. <laughs> like, mm, like, yeah, oh, no, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. You have our own, yeah. 
Did you did you guys not find uh, Batman getting shot by his parents funny? Because I thought that was the funniest thing ever. But... <laughs> I, I mean, yes, it was. <laughs> Bizarre in Batman. Uh. In a very dark way, yes. Oh, yeah, it was, it was very dark humor. But, uh... So I'm going to go around here and I'm going to ask everybody real quick, just off the top of your head, um, answer oh, we lost like, Ray. quickly. Oh, did we? I think so. Oh, yeah, we did. Okay, so we'll just I'll just keep talking and hopefully he'll bounce back on. Um, this is what happens with the interwebs. Mm. We'll go Connor first. I'll say this. Which version do you prefer? Movie or book? Just go. Of all star. Yep. A book times a million. Okay. James. Oh, book. See, and now I would go book, but there are some things I liked in the movie. Just thinking about the story. And I don't, I honestly don't know which one I would prefer. Um, if I had to like, I, Tyler, you can only digest, you know, so much of All Star because of like the Bizarro thing. And we'll get more into it. So, Ray, are you back with us, buddy? I am. Yep. Sorry, my browser just uh, cocked it, but it's back. <laughs> That's cool. That's what happened. As long as at least one of us is still going, we should be fine. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah, yeah. So, Ray. You, mm-hmm. Which version of All Star, just real quick, without diving too much detail, do you prefer book or movie? Uh, uh, book. <laughs> yeah. See, we're, we're pretty well consensus. And the um, yeah. reason why I ask is one, just for curiosity, but two, I think that this should have been one of those films that they split into two movies. Okay. Um, this, <laughs> Interesting. This, <laughs> this, this came out before. Uh, the Dark Knight Returns, and I'm wondering if they learned their lesson with this. Yeah. Uh, you know, we've had technically only really two stories split into two movies, being Long Halloween and Dark Knight Returns. Mm-hmm. And two, they should have been Superman Day and this. Well, yeah. Well, I mean, they, mm. they redid Superman Doomsday, but they were still kind of distinctive stories. But this should have been split, too, because I feel like for the people who love the book, the movie doesn't do it justice and you lose certain elements um, that are explored in the book. And I think it's one they might need to come back around to and find a new spin or a way in to redo mm-hmm. it as two films. Yeah. It's funny because uh, Ray and I had this conversation last night on yes. the recording. I'm like, <laughs> hey, Ray, don't you think it, it should have been yeah. two parts? Because <laughs> yeah, we watched it exactly. recently. Yeah, uh, I, I, was, it, I was moaning that, you know, they've done two parts since then, and I'm like, this really should have gone two parts. So, yeah, I mean, the the comic book just it basically it just has a greater canvas, um, and and you know, if you were to come up to me and say, you, you know, here's a whole pie, or do you want, you know, half a pie? What will you have? Of course, I'll get the whole pie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, so the comic book, yeah, it, it just it fills everything out. That's not to say that the TV, uh, the the um, animated feature is bad. It's good. Um, it's impressive. I think it's pretty good, but it, it just it, it doesn't. It's very concise story it tells. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The bits that it takes. Yes, exactly. The artwork is great. I mean, doing an animated yeah. version of Frank Quietly's art, um, it works. Yes. Um, so let's, let's some quick background notes here. Came out in 2011. It's an hour and 16 minutes. It's directed by Sam Liu, who's done a multiple of these DC films. Mm. Yeah. It's voiced by James 
the Superman's voice by James, is it Denton, I think, I believe is how you say it. Lois is Christina Hendricks. And the part that got me that I didn't realize it was written and adapted by Dwayne McDuffie shortly before he died. Yeah, that's cool. And that was the part that I was like, oh, wow. Wow. Like, so revisiting this film, having had more history with Dwayne McDuffie, I kind of kept that in my mind about like, like James just said, he did a good job of telling the story that they chose to tell from the source material. Um, yeah. And for those listening, Dwayne McDuffie, prolific comic book writer, one of the founders of Milestone Comics. I've actually started on my DC Infinite rereading his uh, original run of Icon. Um, oh, nice. Okay. I found it. I found one it really I've been wanting to check out. So, well. I found it really compelling because I found, you know, not to go. Whew, too tangential, but yeah. know, some comics from the 90s or whatever I felt were paced weird because they were so dense with, um, you know, one thing I always hated about a lot of 90s comics was you're reading, say, Superman. You get to the end and it's like, for the rest of the story, get Superman, Man of Tomorrow, issue blah. Mm. And the dreaded the next, triangle era. Right. Mm. And I'm just like... I hated that. And I was telling that to my wife the other day, especially like reading stories on the app because it doesn't follow the triangle. It just follows the, the book. Oh, so, yeah. so if you're, you know, you get to the app at the end of an issue of Superman and you know, the next issue is Superman man of tomorrow, but the app links you to just the next issue of Superman. Uh, and I'm just like, I, I hate, I hate this. So, it never felt like you were getting a full story, but reading yeah. Icon, I mean, I would get to the end and just next and just keep going because it was just yeah, yeah. so Ooh. well done. Nice. There's um, some people out there, God bless them, put the Triangle Era into a chronological read. Uh, I, mean, I would, lo- I would love that. <laughs> because, read. yeah, trying to read, like, go looking up on wikis and stuff, okay, exactly which issue is next is... It's a nightmare. Like, sure, it works for the time, but for posterity, you know. Yeah, for for sales mm. and collections, makes sense. But in the age of reading the digital comic, the app needs to step up their game. Yeah. Um, so, what do you think, first of all, of the voice acting of Superman? Uh, I I loved it. I thought yeah, it was really I, good. I thought, yeah, I thought it was pretty solid. Um, that's him. Uh, I know a fair few people have voiced Superman, so I'm not sure how he kind of gauges against uh, all the others. But yeah, I had no problems with it. I think I think you know my opinion. I've done a podcast where I got to, and one day I got to talk to two Superman voice actors. That was awesome. Nice. Yeah, and, wow. uh, and you know we we did, and in between talking about the voices of Superman, and I think he he did well. You know, he this is his one off, and mm-hmm. it's not on the ladder like bad side but it's not in my top five so i think you I did actually, who's your who's your favorite okay so here's what <laughs> i realized because i feel like when you say that it always comes down to tim daly or george newburn okay yeah, yeah and what and what i've realized is it's george newburn because of the dialogue that george newburn gets to deliver oh. some of my favorite animated stuff has come from him voicing 
examples. Um, the Superman and Shazam, uh, the Return of Black Adam short. Yeah. He has some great that lines that I yes. love. Yeah. Uh, he voices it for Superman versus the Elite, which is some great dialogue. And then, of course, he gets the Destroyer episode of Justice League um, Unlimited. And he gets the uh, For the Man Who Has Everything mm-hmm. episode. Mm-hmm. Which are just some of the best lines and episodes of the character in animation. So he, he wins. That, that's, that's where I've come to. Okay. I think... What, what um, do you reckon that, sorry, sorry, kind of... I was just going to say, like, I think this... I don't know if the other Superman voice actors could have done this version of Superman. And that's the other mm-hmm. big problem. Yeah. I feel like you have an actor who can voice Superman for the, like you get them kind of like, okay, back to the dark Knight returns. I think Peter Weller did a good job in that, but I would not want a Peter Weller for like Batman, the animated series. Yeah. I'm saying, you look at Peter Weller and Batman there, but you know, but it's fantastic. Justice. Yeah, mm. Bruce Greenwood, if you didn't have Kevin Conroy and you were like, we need Batman, Bruce Greenwood is where I go. Yeah. So you reckon James Denton, right? He, um, I, I believe so. It was just a one-off just because of his particular style of voicings? It was, it was also, I think, just the way they were doing the movies at the time. They would just, you know, bring in a cast, do this one mm-hmm. movie, and that was it. Um, okay. You know, now I think we have sequels and yeah, contract things. Yeah. So yeah. you don't see the one-offs as much, but you still get them. Okay. I guess um, I should put in a disclaimer here. When I watched this, because I've seen this movie a lot, uh, I watched this. This is my second time watching it with the commentary with Bruce Timm and Grant Morrison. Oh, so nice. That, that's how I watched it uh, for this podcast. And they, they did comment how James... Bruce Tim comments had like James Denton was like a really gentle sounding Superman, which is what he wanted. In fact, they had to sort of egg him on to be more aggressive in some scenes. Oh, wow. Uh, and I feel like with, if when you do these kind of contained Elseworlds movie versions, you want to put a little bit of a staple mark on the character and on your voice acting of the character. So there's like that certain kind of idea, like this Superman for this movie should be this way. And yeah. then that's where you kind of find your actor. Yeah, well, I mean, Superman were experienced yeah. a much stronger what happened. So he he really has like nothing and nothing to be afraid of and he never really did prior to he's like a Silver Age Superman and Superman is like <laughs> immensely powerful. Yeah. Mm. Just the way people say any But so, I mean, just, just being gentle around everything, that's the only way you can be. Yeah. Otherwise, otherwise everybody's in trouble. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the, the Grant Morrison was talking about that he he um he didn't deliberately mean to like sort of make it specifically Silver Age, but most of his inspiration was from the Silver and Bronze Age because 
well, the 50s and 60s, because apparently that was like the most popular Superman was. Um, that's the most popular he's been was in those decades. And he thinks it's because all, all those stories deal with kind of what it means to sort of, well, not what it means to be human, but like they're all sort of human problems and stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, dealing, but like on the sort of grand scale, you know, where like Superman mm-hmm. will turn into a lion or something, but it always, it always has like these emotional uh, punchlines as it were, instead of, um, punching the bad guy, you know? Right. And I, uh, so I just, I just thought, I, I thought I'd bring that up now because yeah, I'll, I might bring up, I, I kind um, of noted what was interesting that Grant said throughout the commentary as well. Um, that's inter- I mean, that is interesting. And I, you know, it's also, we all grow up kind of with our own Superman and kind of carry that with us. Yeah. Um, that's why you have people who are so, Christopher Reeve is their mm. Superman because that's what they grew up with and was their foundation. And then, yeah. you know, you have a generation who George was the building of their foundation. So I just want to throw out that most of the comments that I have in this is going to be directed more towards the movie yeah. and not to mm-hmm. the story at a whole because we've already yeah. talked about the book, you know? So, yeah. yeah, for sure. So what I have here is that the first, and I did some like timestamps, is like the first nine minutes uh, comes from the first book. And it's done very well of adapting almost straight the first book. Yeah. And, and then it's, you know, minutes 10 through 19 is book two. And then what it does is it skips to Lex's trial from book five and then makes its way kind of back towards book three. And I just think it's interesting if you're watching the film and you're like looking at the book, how it changes the chronology and moves forward and, but it still works. Um, yeah. And then I, you know, I put just as I went on here, you know, book three ends at 30 minutes and 19 seconds. All right. And think about like, we've already discussed, like it's only a 76 minute movie yeah and it completely takes out book four yeah yeah Yeah. book four book six book seven book eight yep oh wait no it keeps book eight no it doesn't yeah no it doesn't it keeps book nine i have it takes out (laughs) book three four six seven eight uh part of ten yeah yeah i think i think connor and i were talking about this as well uh the other night just how they've kind of manipulated the original story, so to speak, but they kind of turned it into a, um, uh, I guess a, a traditional a movie format. Tradition, yeah, yeah. And actually, and and they and again, hats off, they do it really well. Yeah. Uh, because if you look at the, if you read the books again, I'll just briefly talk about that. Um, mm. They read and and you come off them, you experience them totally different uh, than say if you watch a movie. You know, yeah. or an episode. So, so they've they've really adapted it, uh, it into a a feature format very successfully. And of course, they've had to cut things off. But um, it's interesting that you've done the timestamp, Tyler, and and how it kind of figures out. But I guess that is a blueprint of how they get the chronology and just the story flowing uh, really well. Yeah, and you know, I think optimally, if you were going to adapt this, I think. The way that this book is written, this would be a really cool mini series movie type thing. 
12 yeah. episodes, you know, each one, uh-huh. one of the chapters yeah. in the book because of how the book, you know, it has an overarching story, mm-hmm. but then each chapter, like you go on like these adventures that are some of them are more out there. Like some parts in the book, you know, you have, and my book's not in front of me where it ends and the next one picks up real tightly next to mm-hmm. it. Yeah. And then you have one that like the next one kind of picks up in its own space a little bit yeah. later. Um, you know, especially in the chapter where you get, um, where he makes the pocket universe. Yeah. And that mm-hmm. gets really heavy meta in it. And that's, you know, out of the, out of the film. So, um, let's, let's see, I'm going to get back to my notes here. But I do like what they've done. Like, it's definitely, it is very sci-fi in Elseworlds. Um, because, you know, we have the whole Superman aura thing, the bioelectricity. Yeah. That was cool to um, see. It was. Yeah. I liked how the animation, uh, you know, tried to, you know, it didn't just copy paste Quitley's art because obviously you can't mm. just take comic panel art and make it, you know, move, but they kept, you know, the principles and stuff that, uh, Quitley was going for, like the soft sort of, uh, more gentle character, uh, features and stuff of the characters, um, mm-hmm. especially Superman. And, uh, you know, it's funny, they actually, they did mention, um, Ray, because I remember one of the only quibbles I had with the series was there was a lot of blank backgrounds. Oh, yeah. Remember yeah. how we talked about how empty yeah, some yeah, things looked? But they did yeah, actually yeah. talk about that. It was it was deliberate. Oh, oh uh, really? Okay. Yeah, and then, like, Bruce Tim was, like, trying to adapt that into the uh, movie as well, which oh, is wow. funny. So, Very interesting. Yeah, sorry, my, my notes are like half about the movie and half about the book because I was listening to it with the commentary and mm-hmm. Grant said no. some stuff about the book that uh, wasn't in the interview I used for our coverage. So. Banish him. Banish him, that's fine. You know, <laughs> No, that's, that's fine because you're bringing light because, you know, in my in my notes as they go, it's, it talks about how, all right, they're at this part from book 10, then they do this from book 11. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Then we pull, you know, back to book nine for the circus. Kent to the Daily Planet, and then, uh, you know, it's, I have here, it says, it talks about bar L. There's, like, one uh-huh. quick mention thing. It says, it skips to book 10. Superman pleads to Lex. Superman at the grave, like, book 6. Back to book 11. <laughs> you know, like... Yeah. Um, and, you know, my, my one of my issues, this is kind of a book and movie thing, is, like, it's, if it's bar L, and this is what I hate when writers don't... Like, if it's L, why does it have a different symbol... Uh, on their chest, yeah. if they're supposed to be a, a member of the L family. Well, I mean, yeah. yeah, but that, that, I don't think they really did that whole L symbol thing until the Reeve movie, right? Uh, I mean, I want to say yes. I want to say that it didn't really make it the family because I think it was more, I, I, I I think it was more of almost a Marlon Brando thing of like wanting, oh. you know, the S to be the, chest. yeah. Be the family crest that he could have one as well. Like, I don't think, um, I can't remember Kara's parents, but I don't think they had the same symbol as Jor-El, but I could be wrong. 
Did I find out this is your house? Should know. Well, actually, it's their house. Oh, wait, no, I know what you mean. No, yeah. it's all yeah. house. <laughs> <laughs> it's all yeah. house. Well, <laughs> so, that's it. Um, yeah, I, I guess, yeah, so it's nothing I really thought about. While, while Tyler looks, so apparently Lois Don't Go in the Room was inspired by Bluebeard, which uh, I think is pretty funny. Bluebeard? Yeah, you know the pirate? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, about yeah. the wives. Yeah, but it like it has yeah, a happy okay. happy ending as opposed to a horrible one. Oh, okay. um, you know, and then yes. the whole the red sun Solaris thing is interesting. Yeah, they so when they first mentioned Solaris in the because I there were some scenes in the movie where I opened up the book for comparison and they mentioned Solaris. You know, when Lois or I can't remember if it's Lois sees the visions of the future. Descendants talking to Superman and warning or warning him about the Mad Tyrant Solaris in the book. They warned them that in the movie it's the Mad God Darkseid instead of Solaris. So Solaris gets no foreshadowing in the movie, which is why I think Superman kills him as opposed to the book where he doesn't because Solaris has been set up to be established in the future. Uh, All right. I'm not sure if that's why they killed Solaris, but you know that yeah, it no, winds no, it up that sense. way. You know, another big thing about this one was they're pretty much like take out most all of Doctor Quantum Quantum story. Yeah, like he's mm-hmm. at the little bit at the beginning, and then he's at the beginning. very end. Yeah, yeah, he has a very big <laughs> part in the book, and that's it. Like the his whole story for everything is gone. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the, no. the little bits that we do get of him, though, I mean, were were kind of good and very true to the book. Uh, yeah. And he looked actually, yeah, he looked to me very frank, quietly, um, very well done. So, yeah, yeah. Um, there was, I remember around this part, they were talking about how Grant was. Um, saying, you know, I hope people like movies like this again. And Bruce Tim is like, oh, we showed Batman under the red hood and every time there was blood or violence, people would cheer. Oh, wow. <laughs> it's like, uh, I mean, I, I remember when Red Hood came out, it was a novelty that it was like M. Yeah. Oh. But uh, for me, it's just surreal that like the violence is what's important when you're watching oh, yeah. a movie like that. Like, is, general, it, is it that important understand. that Batman's violent? You know, yeah, yeah. I kind of can never understand that. Like, I, I mean, People, it, I get violence adding to it, but literally cheering for it is a bit weird to me. Ah, uh, yeah. I mean, we can go into the whole realm of like as well. People up in arms that something is not R-rated or not. Like, oh yeah, <laughs> the <laughs> whole Moon Knight thing. Um. <laughs> oh yeah, but or anything like yeah, in general, um, that they feel you know, even Batman as well. Yeah. Sorry if that feels like derailing, but I'm literally no, going no, through no. my notes in order. Oh, no. <laughs> no, you're, you're good. No, because I get it because there is, there is a, like, I re, okay, recently I watched a really, I was going through, um, I guess it was a special feature or something, it was attached to Superman 4, it was an interview with Chris, and it was talking about his Superman, and he, you know, he it's a great interview as he talks about that one of the great characters about Superman is that he's a friend and what that means in the, to be a friend, what it means like in the culture of America and what 
that that puts on. And some people just look at that as like a weakness or a boringness to the story. Yeah, but you, need, you need that type of character, that type of story. So it shows the difference when you get to the Batman character um, that struggles with the violence and everything. And sometimes I just enjoy watching, you know, like I understand what Grant's trying to say mm-hmm. in his, in his comment about the movie. But at the same time, I feel like with this one particular, there's stuff in it, like the Celestian that you were just talking about that makes it feel a little disjointed. Like they're trying mm-hmm. to do a great job of carving out this direct storyline Mm-hmm. Uh, from the source material, but even the source material is not always the most tight knit mm-hmm. yeah. source like story. There's things that you might miss on your first read that alludes to that you have to go back to. Um, yeah. So, yeah. Well, you know, you talk about everybody likes to see a, a big superpower battle. Yeah. I mean, Superman. Oh, yeah. Exchanging clothes with some giant creature at the or powerful being and the and and trying to maintain the collateral dam while also, uh, but you know, it's only those type of it's only those type of villains that push Superman to that to that level. Otherwise, you try tries to do other things by other means to stop. It's yeah. not just a cycle of violence. Yeah. Yeah, that, that was the thing, because I, I, I think Under the Red Hood's a good movie. Mm-hmm. And it's like, if that yeah. was like the part people were cheering about, I'm like, but there's so much good stuff in this movie that's not the violence, you know? Like, so, like, it's, um, you know, everything, I feel like just, everything's better when it has meaning behind it. Yeah, um, you know, like when the violence is justified, which it was in Red Hood, but um, yeah, I mean that, yeah. that story. Like, I understand the violence in in certain stories, but I don't need to cheer. I think the only time I ever cheer for violence is more of like when you know it's over the top, tongue in cheek. Like it's supposed to be so like, like when you're like the movie um, Kick Ass. Like, Mm. uh, it's so over the top and it's so much that you're just like, it's got a, it's got a dark humor to it at the same time. Um, so, but I understand when it's just supposed to be like the normal violence that you're like, oh, okay. Yeah. I think it just ties it, I think as well, like. Um, this, this that whole conversation they were having with Bruce Tim and Grant Morrison is uh, people just kind of unwilling to accept a character that's good for whatever reason that doesn't have yeah. any sort of darkness or ulterior motive um, yeah. to them, and I, that's something I don't understand either. Um, nope, but, I, uh, I'm completely I, <laughs> with you. Yeah, I'm and I it, it, with yeah, you. so you know. And, it, you know, I was listening to a podcast and they are talking about, and I, I think I agree. I think I, they are talking about, you know, the importance of not having the Kents die, having Ma and Pa live. 
is the fact that Superman doesn't have to be birthed from tragedy. Like he doesn't mm-hmm. have to become Superman because of a tragedy. He just does it because it's he has the ability to, and it's the right thing. I mean the 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 thing with the when the Kents died earlier though, it's not like that was an Uncle Ben moment. They just died naturally. Well, I mean, it's always um, how they kind of use it with Jonathan Kent was like it was the catalyst for him to go off into the world because you know you have the great line in Superman in the movie about all these powers and I couldn't even save him. Yeah. You know, in the in the old, like, Kirk Allen, George Reeves, and the comics, they just killed them off off screen at the beginning. Like, and the kids passed away, and he moved to the city. Yeah. That was it. <laughs> you know? So, yeah, yeah. I, I get where that guy's coming from, but I, I don't necessarily agree. I don't think the Kent's being alive or dead is a defining thing because, um, you know, it's not like Batman's parents getting shot down. It's, uh, again, like, in the Silver Age, he was – he was Superboy while they were alive, you know. Yeah, it's so. Yeah, well, um, you know, I also think that Superman learned the same lesson about how to save everybody, no matter how hard are, and it doesn't mm-hmm. have to be about that. I mean, yeah, specifically yeah. in Man of exactly. Steel, his dad, you know, respected dad's decision and let him die, but that wasn't battle to mm-hmm. go on and become Superman. Yeah, I don't think it's um, ever been the catalyst, honestly, like outside of, you know, Superman the movie. But even then he had to go on self-discovery before it sort of happened. Mm-hmm. Right. So um, I, if, I'm if i sure some listeners were familiar with, you know, I have a real bone to pick with the Kents sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but it's it's more, I think, yeah, like, I don't know. I just It's just such a weird, yeah. it's I like if the Kents aren't alive, people freak out. Right. It, it it's just that lesson, you know, that you can't save everybody, no matter power. Yeah. Um. I mean, some people just find it more impactful that way. They did it just fine in um, Lois and Clark. Uh, yeah. One first, yeah. One of the first episodes there, where uh, Lex was testing him, and Brett can't be everywhere. You can't save everybody, and you know, he just has to learn that and talk parents but realize it do can't yeah i guess one, one thing with the kints is i like them being alive just because it's different than every other superhero like now every superhero has like their parents murdered killed or at least mm-hmm. one of them are dead that just yeah. having a superhero like superman who still has their parents it just changes up the whole dynamic of Everything. It does, but yeah. I think you could do that better with other heroes that are younger. For me, uh, my personal taste is like, I don't know, for me, Superman speaks to, uh, Superman's story speaks to me more if like his parents died of natural causes because it's yeah. it's just like life, you know? Yeah, the, the, mm. his um, parents dying of natural causes is the best way to go um, just because that is, like he's life. You know, the parent, parent they're not going to be around forever. I mean, the, sometimes exactly. they look like 80 yeah. when they adopt him. So, yeah, I'm not um, a fan of that part either. Yeah, I will say uh, Lois and Clark is my favorite version of the Kents, though. They're very charming in that Ooh. show. Yeah, and I guess, well, I, rega- I guess, regardless also of Superman's longevity, um, he, like anyone else, is going to have to, um, I guess, accept that fact, like you say, that your parents, you know, they're not going to. They're not, not going to be around forever. Uh, I mean, like, Superman's got 
that particular thing um, to deal with as a whole, you know, yeah. with the human race. But um, but I guess it kind of brings him down a bit, like um, in the sense, brings him down to earth that he, like anyone else, uh, his parents, uh, you know, uh, time moves on and he's he's got to kind of live with that. Yeah, speaking of parents, I really like it. Visiting his father. Uh, now, it's not saying that it was anything uh, like what happened. I mean, it's probably stayed at positive mm-hmm. because he's so much. He's a much older player. Well, but yeah. uh, his mother in here, it's like the book. I think they're different here, but she was uh, you look a bit thin. Uh, are you eating enough? Yeah. Um, I'm Superman. Father <laughs> always knows. No, I love that line. That's an That's awesome great. line. That's yeah. right, yeah. It, it was so good that I didn't mind the fact that she was alive in this. And even, even in the book, like when Park Kent died, it, was a, it wasn't from any sort of unnatural thing. He just had a heart attack. And no. Superman was, he was doing Superman stuff at that point. He was already a superhero, so... Um, I think it was handled well on the book. Uh, so. Yeah. I like that he gets to be in the, the Superman. Yeah. That way. He gets to spend the last moments with his father that mm. didn't get the, that chance to. That was an awesome Doing moment. Saving yeah. the day. Yeah. Now, with that, hold that thought with that one here. Let me ask you guys, do you consider this story and movie as a whole, a death of Superman story. Mm. Oh, what, what do you mean? Well, you know, James and I have talked about how it seems like so many times, the only stories that people cling to or like about Superman is when he dies. And I've Mm -hmm. always taken this as just another kind of death of Superman story. But then I had someone point out to me that, you know, I always kind of looked at it as at the end of the story, Superman's up in the sun, you know, Lois Tama, he's up in the sun fixing mm-hmm. the sun. Yeah. And I always thought that was kind of more along the lines of her rationale, her thought process. But then, you know, someone pointed out that there's another story that features a like golden looking Superman. Yeah. And then, and then at the beginning of the story, there's like the golden Superman. That's actually the Superman that was in the sun mm-hmm. back. And I was like, I don't know why I never thought of that or interpreted <laughs> it that way. Yeah, Grant Morrison, one million. Yes. Yeah, yeah that, that's like, it's funny because cause I remember when Ray and I covered this, this was one of the gaps as well, like what was the exact sort of intention here? Like we know about DC one million, but that, that could be like an Easter egg type, you know? Um, yeah. So it's like, is he dead? And Grant Morrison actually talked about it in the commentary. Which I'm like, oh, cool. And Morrison says he pretty much wrote it as a death. Like, he wrote it as Superman dies, essentially. But it's like a mythic death. So, you know, he has like a mythical... That's how I always interpreted it, is this is just another death of Superman. And it was one of the things that kind of bugged me, like, why people hold this so high. Is I'm like, once again, we're at Superman's death, and that's the only story that makes sense. Yeah, um... It's, again, it's, it's like death in quotations because it's a, because again, in the book as well, you know, uh, I keep forgetting how to pronounce it, but like, it's a, 
what's that word, right? You know, apotho- yeah. apothesis ascension. Oh, um, okay. Yeah. You know, when someone becomes like a higher being, a god, well, basically, yeah. it's a death yeah, yeah. in the sense that he'll stop being the Superman we know and he'll yeah, ascend he, he goes to this. To another, yeah, he'll ascend to a different kind of plane of existence. He, he where he's an electric think. Superman? What? <laughs> <laughs> you know, so sure, he's he's there fixing the sun, but he's just, he's fundamentally not going to be the same Superman that we've just read about. Uh, and not in a sinister way, but in like, you know, mm-hmm. a, just a sort of happens way. And uh, again, like one of the things he was going for with the ending is um, it's a mythic dense death in the sense that like people will tell stories about the man fixing the sun and stuff and he'll live on like that. And it's like, is he yeah. theirs as well? You know, he might come back eventually, he might not. But it's not like, you know, how King Arthur's supposed to come back from Ad- Avalon, right? Yeah. Mm. Um, kind of like that. So yeah, it's, it's I, I, interesting. There's heaps of ways it is, can yeah. Go. Yeah, and to answer your question, Tyler, as well, um, yeah, I, I think to an extent I did I'd see, did see it like that, but I did – do you guys remember the movie Powder? Do you ever watch that? Yeah, or... v- vaguely. It's been a long time since I've seen it. But... Yeah. Seen yeah. It okay, that's how I kind of – Yeah. <laughs> that's how I kind of um, likened it to about this guy. Um, essentially, Connor, that's exactly what you're saying. Yeah, uh, in this movie, this uh, this guy is like an albino, but he he's got these weird powers, and uh, he does die, but he he can, he lives on in in a different form, like in in energy, um, and it's kind of like, that's how I kind of see it with with, uh, with yeah. Superman here. Yeah, he's kind of he's not dead; his energy is still around, but he's doing you know, he's he's doing something. <laughs> yeah. I mean, as we're talking, I can look at like. He went to the sun, became part of the sun, and then his light shines down on us. Yeah. 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 Um, sorry. I, I, yeah. Yeah. I, I guess I didn't really answer your question, Tyler, about. No. I don't, no, I don't know. Fine. Like, it's yeah. Just, it's a death of Superman story, but that's like saying, you know, the the famous King Arthur legend, Mort de Arthur. That's just like saying, oh, it's King Arthur's death story. There's so much more to it. Than yeah, just there's so much more to a it. death yeah, exactly. story. It's a. Yeah. It's not just about Superman's death. It's about his life. It's about who he is. It's about his relationships and this sort of cycle he goes through. And mm-hmm. um, yeah, it leads up to his death, and it all builds up to its death, and it's all leading up to it. But it's not just the death. There's so much more. Yeah. Um. It's not. It's not death of Superman, where that book is literally about him. Just yeah. yeah. You know, dying. Um, or, or, or other stories as well, similar to I, I kind of think of it, um, say like the Silver Surfer Requiem, uh, which yeah. is all about him dying and it leads up to his death. Uh, but I, I put All Star Superman in a different category. Essentially, it kind of does that, but there's just so much more than that act at the end where he does yeah. kind of die and, and change. Um, so yeah, it, it's, it's way more than that. Hmm. Mm. Dude, that is a good take, you know. That's, yeah. I feel like this is definitely one of those stories. The more you read it, especially if you read it, wait a couple of years, go back to it, you get more out of it. And because yeah. you as a person look, oh, grow, right, and yeah. look at it differently. And I mean, Grant Morrison does write um, on a higher level of thinking sometimes. And I do think that sometimes it's too high. It <laughs> takes us all a little bit of time to catch up. Well, he was probably too high. <laughs> right use of words yeah 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 no definitely uh and like there's 
because reading that interview, there's so much thought put into like every page of this book. And there's something I never would have picked up on if I hadn't read mm. that interview, like the weird Buddhism slash Renaissance symbolism in like one of the pages or something. I'm like, yeah, I would never have <laughs> picked up mm. on that unless I had that specific knowledge, you know? So it's, yeah. it, uh, yeah, it's definitely a book you can go back to, I think, and get new things out of, which is one of the reasons I love it. Um, cause I got first time I read it, second time I read it, I got completely different things from it. You know, the yeah. first time I read it, I read it, I took it as it was, you know, I didn't mm -hmm. sort of see the picture and the meaning behind it. Not that you have mm -hmm. to, you know, you can take it as it is, as the sort of story of Superman's adventures before he, while he's dying. But the second time reading it, I started to notice the sort of cycle he was going for and just mm. like the way all the different seemingly unrelated parts like Bizarro were actually crucial to the main story um, and reflecting, you know, Superman's state of mind and what is actually happening. Uh, yeah. So again, I, we're talking about the book and not the movie, but <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, it's, it's fine because, you know, um, you know, the, the book is of the movie and there's so much that gets yeah. cut out. Um, and like, you know, a lot of the Jimmy Olsen, you know, with his whole thing about, yeah, he, his whole arc is gone and like, yeah. he's pretty much so a much, cameo now. Yeah. Yeah. And his, I like his little bit though. That was funny <laughs> at the beginning with Steve Lombard. Yeah. But, you know, you're going undercover like something or something like that. Yes. No. <laughs> oh, that was funny. Yeah, it it is funny, but I just you know thinking back like Jimmy's whole journey is it's massive in the book. It is, yeah. yeah. Um, he gets a lot to do, yeah. And you know the one thing I've, I've I really criticize in a way about All Star Superman is I don't like the relationship between Clark and Lois in All Star Superman. <laughs> it's um, an interesting uh, talking point, that's for sure. She's not go, quite, um, yeah, there's, there's a few things. <laughs> we won't go down the rabbit hole, but it's much like, I don't think, I don't think Margot Kidder is a great Lois Lane in the sense that her and Clark's relationship is horrible in the movies. <laughs> yeah. So I'll argue that anybody can, can message me and we can talk about that. But <laughs> that whole relationship in the films is, is horrible. Um, so mm. my my thought is this: with All Star Superman the movie, is it a well enough done that you feel that it it's well enough it's done well enough that you can say this is the movie of the book, or is you're like this is a take off the book? Like if you're talking with someone and they're reading the book and they find out they're a movie, how would you kind of mm. suggest or talk to them about it? Like the movie's something of its own because I always hate that like. Oh well, the movie's its own thing, and the book's its own thing. I yeah. kind of—I'm not always a huge fan of that idea because yeah. sometimes I want to see the book brought to life. Yeah. Or in you know in animation or whatever. So how would you approach somebody with with the movie compared to the book? Connor, you go first, then we'll do it, and then James. So is this is this someone who hasn't seen the movie or read the book? Or? Right. They're oh, coming well, to the property new. Yeah, I would say read the book. I would say the movie, the movie does a 
like it's impressive how it manages to make a movie out of the book, but it's really the Diet Coke version of the book. And for me, it cuts out stuff that's absolutely crucial. Like everything in the book for me is crucial. It all fits together in one big picture and the movie just doesn't have that. And I think it can feel a bit disjointed, you know, it's like, yeah, I, I, I don't know. It's, um, for me, it's just, yeah, no real, real comparison. I think, as I said, I think the book is a masterpiece and, um, the movie and the movie's just good, you know, that that's the sort of difference. So, uh, yeah, that, that's my answer. How would you do, Ray? Yeah, it's, it's interesting. I might go about it differently than Connor's. I, I would say, uh, I would suggest to someone to actually watch it first um, hmm. because and because it's a fine, it's a fine feature. It, it's yeah. really enjoyable. It does its thing. But then go and read the book because you're going to get so much more out of it. And then, and then they might go back and rewatch the feature. You know what I mean? Um, I, I feel it would be, and again, I don't want to disparage, sound as if I'm disparaging the feature because, again, I really enjoyed it. But um, I would, I think if anyone that reads a book first and then watches the feature, I think you you do get a little bit disappointed at the feature because it's not as well done as the book. So my mentality is, no, watch it first and, and be wowed by it. And then go read the book, and then be even more wowed by that. <laughs> Plus, the, the feature has gorgeous yeah. music as well. It does. it does. Oh yeah, it does. Yeah. So um, yeah, I, I think they're both. And unfortunately, Tyler, yeah, I, I think they're both um, one in its own thing. Uh, unfortunately, um, it is an adaptation of the book, but I, I think that you'll probably get different levels of enjoyment or different kinds of enjoyment from watching it and or from reading the book. All right, James. Um, I mean, so if you've never seen it, I mean, just like I, I agree right there. Um, so when I actually, I saw the first, I got the anime and I bought, then I bought the trade and I read the thing. So, uh, it is a good movie. Uh, it tells a, a, story um, and you just it, it is well done and you get some things in a movie that you don't get in uh, in a book so they each they each add a little bit to it um, but then yeah I, I'd say if you haven't done it before the movie's only going to take 75 minutes of time mm-hmm. book would potentially take more <laughs> Uh, depending on how fast you like to read, and I mean, when you're when you're reading something like this, there's, there's a lot to think about, and and Frank Wilde's art is, is fantastic. Uh, so there's a lot to take in. Uh, but like like I said, like me, I I watched it first, uh, and I enjoyed it. Definitely uh, got to want to pick up the trade and story. I think that, um, you know, it would, yeah, enjoy the movie. Uh, it'll take less time. And then, and then book and you'll see, see how much more and, and how, how much, how, how layered, uh, the storytelling is in the book. 
see how much that they were, mm. how much they cut out, but how much they were able to keep and take and tell a story. Mm. So, uh, yeah, I think I think watch it first. It'll take less of time. And it'll get you back to it, and then then yeah, jump in the book. Really see it expand. You know, I. I... I'm I'm with both of you because what, what, watching the movie first kind of introduces you, but I think if you read the book and you like the book, watching the movie just is going to let you down. Yeah. Because like you guys both stated, you guys really like the Bizarro stuff. That's completely omitted. And oh, I think yeah, it's yeah. better to watch the movie, like the movie, read the book, really like the book and then be like, man, I just wish the movie had been more like the book. But I think if you follow the book first and watch the movie, you're, you're going to be upset because there's a lot that it doesn't have. Um, and then it keeps a lot too. Like, um, I, you know, I, I stated before, I'm not a huge fan of the whole Samson and oh, really? <laughs> Atlas part because what I didn't like about it, and and this and this is why, what I don't like where it's placed in the story, because he just gives Lois her power suit, and then they do that whole thing, and then like her power suit diminishes. Like I would have actually liked to see him and her do more oh, together. Like they undercut her day as, as right, uh, okay, yeah, Superwoman. Yeah. Yeah, with by inserting them there. That's why I'm like, I'm not a huge fan of this, like where it's at in the story plotting, because I would have liked more. I always feel like there's weight when you do a story where Lois is um, given Superman's powers and she learns what it's like to be him. I'll just, I want to point out, shout out to Alvin Schwartz, who literally quit writing Superman when they gave. Superman's powers to Lois Lane. Uh, they took it seriously back then. <laughs> you know, these writers. Uh, so, yeah. <laughs> wow. <laughs> you know, you talk about like the stuff about Al Daro and stuff like that. Mm. Stuff you get in the book, uh, chapter, um, or in most of the chapters, uh, that only get a couple lines of dialogue and be about is is him trying to prepare the world for Superman. Oh, yeah. It's, it, and they only, they only bring that up a couple of times. Dialogue. Mm-hmm. Being, mm-hmm. Um, but in the book, in each chapter, like Zaro chapters, he passes off a lot of information and helps people. Like the Zaro, um, Guy who's like normal, Zaro. Zabaro. He's like mm-hmm. Zabaro. Yeah. Zabaro. Yeah. Yeah. Um. And, and you just you get him uh, helping people and and improving people's lives more in the book than you do. But you just get a couple of dialogue references mm. that idea in the <laughs> world. I guess a a good way to put some of it for me in comparing the two is so I really love the imagery in the book and the movie of sort of Clark getting on the boat 
you know, Charon's kind of boat and going into mm-hmm. the underworld uh, after he talks to Lex, you know, how they walk under his cell, right? Yeah. And I really love that imagery. And in the book, it then goes, uh, you know, sort of a flashback with Park Hen, and then it really goes where Clark kind of quite literally is in the underworld with Bizarro and the red skies and everything. But then in the movie, you go from that imagery to book nine. Yeah. So for me, it's like you're missing a big, important chunk there thematically. So for me, it feels a bit like Frankenstein's monster. And I don't, um, like, I've watched this movie with people before, and there has been, like, I have heard complaints that the movie, and this is from people who haven't read the book, that the movie's a bit patchy. Mm-hmm. Like it feels a bit patchy because it kind of jumps around. And I think that comes from sort of skipping one of the books. So I guess, I guess my kind of worry would be if people watch the movie and they just not interested enough to read the book afterwards, you know, but that, I mean, that, that really varies from person to person. But for me, it's like, you know, do you want people to enjoy the movie or the book in my head? You know, I think, um, well, I think you'd want them to enjoy either version. Yeah. Yeah. No, I I, can't, I get what Connor's saying because a lot of the deeper seated um, imagery and under meaning is lost. I think in the movie. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I think sure. it just it feels a bit less uh, complete just as a movie. Just as I said, just going from. Uh, book five to book nine in the movie, and again, I know it's because I because I've read the book beforehand, but I just I have read and seen other people sort of noticing it felt a bit uh, all over the place, especially around that okay. area um, yeah. where they did cut that big chunk out. So, okay. and and like I like what you said earlier, like the rearrangement of some of the Lex scenes of his trial and his. Mm. Um, conviction and all that. Yeah. All right. Any final thoughts of just kind of wrapping up just our review of like the, the movie and it, you know, it's always hard to talk a movie when you're also, you know, yeah. talking about uh, the, something that's a book. Yeah. So any final thoughts? Um, uh, Connor? Well, my other, my other notes kind of pertain to the book, so I'll just ignore those and I'll just focus on the movie. Um, like it's 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 a good, I think it's a good movie. I don't, I think it's far from perfect, um, and it's uh, but it's good. It has really nice music. It's really well performed. The animation is really nice. Um, I, I think it's one of the better. DC movies, it's just, it, it is obviously hard to separate from the book, but quality was, mm-hmm. you know, it, it's, it's good quality. I think it's a good movie, you know? So, uh, yeah. 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 I, I, I think, uh, as well, I mean, pretty much like, like Connor, I, I think it's a solid film. Uh, it's, you know, it is not the equivalent of the book, you know, with other, movies as well it's not like up there as top yeah. tier you know but it, it certainly is a, a solid kind of rendition i think it pays enough respect to the book i mean 
you know, we've been there and done that, haven't we? We've seen stuff where we kind of may have been up in arms that it actually doesn't adhere to to source material. Oh well. yeah, yeah. And I this should... is totally yeah, yeah. This Sorry. is totally respectful. Sorry. Yeah, I just want to clarify. I'm not up in arms that they cut stuff out. I completely mm. understand. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like yeah. why they cut stuff out because you have to adhere to the 85 minutes and they kept the really what makes it work as a movie. Um, mm. So yeah. Sorry. Yeah. No, no. Um, and, and so I, you know, I would recommend this this film to be seen. Like, you know, if you're a Superman fan, you haven't seen it before. Um, even if you have already read All Star, I think give it a go. I mean, you'll be you'll be pleasantly surprised how I think I think you know just how concise it is. Um, and of course, it misses out stuff. But um, yeah, I think I think it's a um, a really good bit of uh, of animation. James, uh, yeah, I, I definitely recommend. I definitely recommend them. Should should definitely watch it, especially if you haven't had a chance to read, uh, the book first. Uh, it's, a, it's a good introduction. Uh, it's a good movie. Uh, doesn't take a lot of time. Cast is well done. You know, and. Yeah, just definitely watch it. My, uh, it is a good film. Did a good job adapting it into the time they had, and you know, do that, and then the book. Or if you read it, haven't seen, you know, chances. I mean, it, it's not as as good as the book. Most most the adaptations aren't as encompassing. As as a long form, all star twelve issues, so it's, it's a pretty thick book. So there's a lot in Val, uh, and uh, a lot that they a lot that they they shoved in visually in seventy six. So yeah, get out. Yeah, and I I agree. I think you should definitely check it out. Uh, watch it, then read the books. I think you'll. It'll enrich the book. It'll enrich mm-hmm. it by just expanding upon the world you're introduced um, with the characters. And yeah, I just, I just feel like you were saying, like with the adaptation process, if you were to can do it now, I think either a two part film or like a mm. mini series, mm. even an animated mini series could be neat. Um, oh, that would be, they could. They you know, like them, streaming services, that's that's their thing is like making something that's kind of different and special. So that that would be pretty awesome to see books done in long books like it's done in on streaming. Mm. Yeah. Like they just did the long Halloween. If they would have done that in a 12, 13 episode animated miniseries. Yeah. It would have been interesting. You know, it's a it's definitely something that I think this property maybe this property more so than some of the others off the top of my head could lend itself better to that because of how some of these stories end and begin. Um Yeah. They an all star would be very episodic for it's you know, sometimes it it's it has its beginning, middle, end and 
it has a closure, and then sometimes it leads to the next issue. But it would be difficult to. Sorry. No, you're. Go ahead. I was going to say it'd be difficult too, though, to do it because they've already done. They've already done like half of it. You know what I mean? But like it's, it's been over ten years, you know. Mm. And just thinking about it's just so faithful, though, what they've done here. Yeah. Um. I just I can't imagine them remaking it. It's not like Superman Doomsday and Death of Superman, you know. Yeah, they certainly improved on that. Mm. I think they improved. They improved on Superman. They and they improved on Death of Superman <laughs> with the one movie. But they're, they're, yes. it's very different to those, you know. With All Star, if you want a faithful adaptation, you're just going to be getting. I don't know. I don't know. Um, this plus. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Exactly. But yeah. what they gave us was already. Yeah, pretty faithful source yeah. material. Mm. They just had yeah. to strip it down and and condense it to fit a certain time. Yeah. Um, well, I, just, I do want to say my favorite moment in the movie is when he uh, sets off with his robots to fight Solaris. Uh, it's not <laughs> my favorite moment in the book, but it's. It, oh, it, it, I loved it yeah. in the book, but it's not my yeah. favorite in the book. In the movie, it's my favorite because I think the music uh, is really awesome and everything. So yeah. yeah, yeah, visually, and then it's the only time he actually gets mad. Yeah, yeah. Mm. T- kills a sun eater, man. Yes. So Paul, Paul Connor, Ray, uh, go ahead and just kind of where can people find you online? Listen to you. Um, Connor, you go first, then Ray. Um, they can find me raving in the street like a lunatic. Awesome. That's <laughs> um, where I like to find Running you. around with my shirt off. No. Uh, so. Connor's gone mad.com. Check it out. <laughs> yeah. you, you can find me uh, at Iron Fist Podcast on Twitter. I do an Iron Fist Podcast called Sons of the Dragon, the Immortal Iron Fist Podcast. And you can also mm-hmm. find me with Ray at Last Sons of Krypton, a Superman podcast. And on Twitter, it's at LSK Podcast. Um, yeah, we just did, uh, we just did the Spider-Man Superman team up and Mm. then last night we recorded the Dr. Fate Superman animated series episode, which I really like because it has horror. And Fate. Yeah. 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 Um, similar to Connor. Yeah. LSK podcast. Um, that's on Twitter, uh, just for the last sons, the Superman stuff that Connor and I do. Uh, and just on Twitter as well, if you uh, hit me up on at Ray Ray Pod, R-E-Y-R-E-Y Pod, uh, just happy to chat about anything comics, uh, and that's where you can find links to the other shows that I do. Um, but, yeah, yep. Ray Ray Pod's the way to go. All right. Well, thank you guys for being here in our chat. We could probably keep going forever, but uh, the children are stirring, and they're giving me that <laughs> feed me daddy look in their face, so... Uh, no, 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 thank you so much, Toller and James. Mm. It's been it's been great to be able to chat about this, and it's a lot of yeah. fun. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it's been a while. Glad to talk to Yeah, and yeah. finally get there as well. <laughs> Apologies, it's always, oh, yeah. nah, it's yeah. if we're going to do something like this, we got to do it together. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, and it's just nice, like you said earlier, like getting the different, you know, especially with a with a, a piece of you know writing. Um, I think sometimes there's so much more that you can see in it and having the other opinions of people yeah um, you can get more out of the conversation by how you view it mm. so it makes it it makes it more fun and interesting and can help you appreciate things more 
But, uh, all right, good listeners. Thanks for tuning in. Check out the movie. Uh, if you haven't seen it or if you haven't seen it in a while, go back and watch it again. Uh, go back and reread the book and just see how it, what your opinions of it have changed. Um, totally. The more I've read it, the more I like it. Oh, um, it's a brilliant read. Yeah. And I appreciate things more and more, especially with just learning more of the the history stuff that he tries to weave in there. So mm. it's definitely something that will, it's, it'll stand the test of time. I still agree that it's not the greatest Superman story ever written. I'm not sure what is, but. I was about to ask that, but then I realized that could be like a whole conversation as well. So. <laughs> yeah. It's just, you know, when people say like, what's the best stories to read? And it's like, this is always like the top recommendation. And, to me, this is not what I would recommend somebody to read as like the best Superman yeah. story. I think it's the best Superman story, but I, I wouldn't it wouldn't be on the top of my recommendation list. Mm. Um, that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. But for the man who has everything though, that's a different story. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's one we're gonna get into later this year. Ooh, very nice. And and, and discuss because I read it years ago. And was like, okay. And then I reread it recently and I was like, all right, I'm getting more out of this. So James mm. and I are going to tackle that, I think, in December. It's so awesome. good. Yeah. Kind of see where that goes. And that would not, that would be one that would be a very interesting, um, like, one off movie to do. <laughs> you could, you could make it a feature length, like, as in like 85 minutes or whatever, I think, quite easily. Yeah. You could. I want to see um, more of Mongol's mind in that movie. <laughs> yeah, the, the spin-off about Mongols uh, for the yeah. Mongol who has everything. Right. <laughs> yeah. um, sitting on his throne. Just, just to show, <laughs> yeah. But, like Superman has this really complicated sort of dream about what he wants and Mongol's just like, yeah, I've killed everyone. Standing on a bed of skull. Yeah. <laughs> Super, Superman's is interesting because like in the animated version the short that bruce Tim did like yeah um there is layers of his two lives crashing yeah so you have krypton you have smallville even his wife she's supposed to be kryptonian but it looks like they mashed lana and lois together and that that wasn't in the book yeah and Um, in the book there's some there's a little bit more to it so that's why i'm like i love it and i think you could do like a 70 minute movie out of it um, and have some more to it, especially. Have, but have you two read uh, "Return to Krypton: The Silver Age Story"? No. no, I highly recommend that as that heavily inspired for the man who has everything, and could almost be viewed as like a prequel, I guess, because his wife in the dream world is actually his love interest in that story. Okay. So it, it adds it actually adds more to for the man who has everything. So um, I can send that you guys a good. link in, yeah. uh, on Facebook if you want. Yeah, because uh, I'm about to do a kind of read on some Superman stuff, chronology. Yeah. Um, fun read through. Yeah. To kind of help fill in some of the gaps of just Silver Age, Bronze Age. You know, cause sometimes I dread the Diamond Air, but yeah, we'll, we'll get there. Um, well, let's get out of here and save the yeah. day, fellas. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Alrighty. Look up in the sky.